Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Salute. Slancha. Cheers. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk. Happy Hour Radio, sponsored by Woodenville Wine Country, here on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and events with your guide, Master of Mixology and Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. So sit back and stir it up. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on 570 KVI. It is Happy Hour in the Pacific Northwest, and welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I am your host, Christopher Chan, Advanced Sommelier, your Commodore of Cocktails, and Master Mixologist. So excited that you're joining us here at 11 a.m. on Saturdays, all around the Puget Sound, for Happy Hour Radio. Hey, if you'd like to tune in uh, online, you can stream us live at kvi570kvi.com. Check out our website for past shows, our upcoming guests, and all that is Happy Hour Radio. HappyHourRadio.net is our website. And for those who are playing with the Twitter sphere, check us out at, at HappyHRRadio. At HappyHRRadio. Got a great show. Uh, this is actually part two of a fantastic interview with Mr. Greg Lill, the founder, one of the founding partners of DeLille Sellers. And also coming up today, I got Joey Hayashi, uh, master of mixes, and uh, Bob Blue, the winemaker of Bonterra Wines from California. These are pioneers of organic and uh, Greg Lill, welcome back to Happy Hour. Hey, it's great to be here, Chris. So, uh, you know, speaking of organic, uh, tell me about some of your vineyards in well Red Mountain and beyond. Yeah, we have um, uh, one of our our own vineyard actually on Red Mountain that we partnered with uh, Jim Holmes of Seal de Cheval. Uh, he came to us in two thousand one and um, had an extra twenty. He actually had forty acres, and he came to us and he came to the folks at Quilcy Creek. Um, both of us uh, purchased uh, quite a bit of fruit from Jim and said, I really want to do vi- something vineyard-specific with wineries, and you're my two favorite wineries. And he basically said, I've got 20 acres here of sagebrush that's right next to the vineyards that you've been bu- buying grapes from that I think we could do some really special things with. And uh, so we kind of partnered with Jim on our 20 acres, as did the folks from Quilcita, and um, planted it to Cabernet and Syrah, and we call that vineyard Grand Ciel since it's our 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 really our premier vineyard, I'd say. The Great Sky. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and um, and the Glitzens have their vineyard, like I said, right next door. And it was really a lot of fun. We worked uh, a little bit with David Abreu down in Napa, who's really one of the vineyard you know, gurus of the- I know that guy. Uh, yeah, uh, of the world. And uh, really, um, it was fascinating. He, We learned a lot from him. He actually got to learn some things from us because he'd never done anything up in Washington. So it was really a lot of fun. But you know, it's funny when you go to the vineyards and you're you're driving through you know wine country, and in the day they would usually kind of plant the vines, you know, in the same direction that the road is kind of facing. You know, it kind of makes sense. <laughs> and you get to our vineyard, and all of a sudden the grapes are kind of planted at a, a skew, and they're in a kind of a southwest northeast uh, kind of direction because we found that your sun in the afternoon is always much warmer and more intense than your sun in the morning. So we're what we're trying to do is we're trying to get two-thirds morning sun and only one-third afternoon sun, so we get a little bit more even ripening and uh, just makes for better fruit, and that's the only way to make better wine is to get better fruit. Is that what you showed David, or to say this is how we do it up here? 
Well, he kind of he kind of actually helped us do that. Uh, it was funny because we 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 planted that way, and it was and the Glitzens had started planting kind of you know the same way the road lies, and they saw what we were doing. They kind of went, wait a minute, and they stopped and changed theirs over the way we were doing it. So they're both now that way. Ah, uh, very cool. And uh, so Grand Ciel is part is next door neighbors, or it's adjacent to, or right next to Ciel de Cheval Vineyard on Red Mountain. Yes, it is. And what year was this? This was in uh, we planted uh, the first Cabernet vines in May of ninety one. Um, and then we plant, or excuse me, of uh, 2001, and then the uh, little bit of Syrah the following year in 2002. 2001, huh? Yeah. So only 10 years later? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but we didn't do any, uh, we didn't, and we pl- we planted plants, not sticks as they call it. We planted plants. There's a difference. Um, you get your fruit a little earlier with plants, and they're, and they're just a they're a stronger plant there. They're a little bit better. But we um, didn't take any of the fruit the first, uh, really in, in 2003, we put everything back into root development. We cut the fruit off. So 2004 is your first vintage of Grand Ciel Cabernet. Okay, so uh, so we have Chalure Estate, we've got uh, D2, and then you, what was the next wine uh, branding that you released? The next one we came out back in the day then was in 1995, we came out with our Chalure Estate Blanc. Uh, um, you know, we, we made red wine, and uh, my mother loved white wine, and she said, we need to make a white wine, and Chris said, well, then we're going to make a Bordeaux-style white wine, which is... Our Sauvignon Blanc Semillon blend, the Schlor State Blanc, twice it's been a top 100 wine in Wine Enthusiast magazine. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's a really unique wine. People, uh, when they like it, they really love it. And I always tell people, and, and this kind of goes in general, and I'm sure you've talked about this before in your show, but white wines have such a broader diversity in their flavor profiles compared to a red wine. For instance, Sauvignon Blanc is so much different between you know a Bordeaux style like ours, which has new oak. Uh, full malactic fermentation compared to even like Sancerre in France, which is very green apple and very bright compared to New Zealand, which is more grassy, that lemongrass and some of that grapefruit, you know, where when you're talking about good Cabernet, the window's pretty narrow regardless of where you're getting Good it Cabernet, from. true. And uh, you're absolutely right. That's an interesting uh, uh, comparison with Sauvignon Blanc, especially from New Zealand, from uh, Loire Valley, from Bordeaux, from California. And we're even getting stuff from South America. But Cabernet, you're right. Uh, it has to be great Cabernet and obviously good structure. And there's so many things that go into red wine. But when it comes down to it, we're talking about tannin and, and, and oak and uh, a, a dark fruit profile. Yeah. And, the, and after the Schlor State Blanc in 95, we came out with the Doyen Syrah in 1997. And um, again, Doyen means Grand Dame. It doesn't say really Syrah on the label. It was just... You know, it was actually, the, the, we call it that because Syrah was actually one of the true noble grapes back in the day with, I think it was Riesling before even Cabernet, um, if you go way back in your grape and winemaking history. <laughs> and um, and that a really kind of... A little touch of Syrah added a lot of help to some yeah, other regions, didn't it? It did. And then we kind of got into uh, looking into some of those other Rhone varietals that uh, are, are being grown in Washington State and kind of split off the Doyen as its own label. It's a different looking label than the DeLille Cellars wines. So it kind of it kind of signifies that it's that that Rhone style blend and that Doyen uh, top one hundred wine and wine spectator a few years ago as was even the the D two yeah it's it's so great to have you in the studio to to remind us that uh, you've along with Sam Michelle and of course uh, Alex and and uh, Rick and uh, Gary you're one of the the pioneers the trailblazers for uh, this great state and of course our, our wonderful industry um, when did you really learn how to make wine because you're using terms that I would have expected, but not from an insurance guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I to be really honest, um, you know, I I was I've never been the winemaker at Delil. I mean, the, there's a little bit of that de facto winemaking when you're a new business and we're starting. You know, we all had to work in the cellar and do our part. But Chris Upchurch, um, from the very beginning, has been a partner in our company. He's been the winemaker. 
And what I think made Chris a great winemaker, and I think this might be one area where um, some of the other younger, newer winemakers struggle, is that Chris, Chris's background was as a master sommelier in a lot of great restaurants, in the old El Gaucho, um, the... Um, Along with Jay. Yeah, yeah. And Chris has tasted great wine for, you know, 30, 40 years being a sommelier. And it's it's hard to know how to make great wine unless you've tasted a lot of great <laughs> wine. And as a sommelier, as you know, you get to do that. And how many young winemakers have that palate history and background before they go into winemaking? You know, not many. Not, not a, enough. Not enough. Yeah, and I think that was a, a huge asset for us. The other thing, too, is, again, we did this as a business and when we started it, we hired David Lake, who was oh, the only master of wine winemaker in Washington yeah. State at the time. And just he, up the street. He was just exactly across the valley at Columbia. And he was our consulting winemaker working with Chris for our first 10 years. I did not know yeah. that. That's very cool. Well, David Lake lives on uh, in DeLille's uh, success. So uh, we are to 95. You, 97 was the d- release of Doyen? Doyen, yes. Okay. 97. And then... Gosh, now it's going to start to get a little confusing. I think the uh, the, the AIX, the Cab Sauvignon Blanc, came out around in um, probably in two thousand one. The uh, Grand Ciel, two thousand four. Grand Ciel Syrah. Um, we also then started the Rosé. We actually made the first Rosé. I couldn't believe it. I looked back at back in two thousand two. Really? Yeah. We. You know, the one thing I always challenge Chris as a winemaker and our and our winemaking team that works with him are great. Jason Gorski and Lewis Skinner and Nick Bernstein. The uh, the to make something new every year, play with something new in the cellar because it just kind of keeps it keeps you fresh, keeps you True. thinking different ways other than just making kind of the same thing all the time every year. Always be doing something new and trying something new, and if it's good and we like it, then it becomes a brand. Neat. Well, that's the very inspiring. Um, speaking with Greg Lill of Delil Cellars, uh, and such a great story. Uh, I'm very pleased to have you on and to, to learn about this and share with our listeners. And I wish I could share some of this wine with our listeners, but they'll either have to uh, visit the tasting room at the carriage house, or perhaps a new property you've set up. What is this? Yeah, we were um, we were actually approached by some very good friends that wanted to open a. Uh, a real estate office, actually, in downtown Kirkland. And part of uh, the uh, zoning in Kirkland is the front has, front 30 feet have to be seven-day transactional retail, and real estate doesn't qualify. So they came to us, and they just said, you know, we really want to open this, but we need a retail presence in the front, and would you please, please open uh, something here so that we can have our real estate office? And uh, it um, let's just say I negotiated a very favorable lease. <laughs> and uh, we now are partnered with the Sotheby's folks down there in Kirkland. But the front is our Maison de Lille wine lounge. And it's different than your typical tasting experience out in Woodenville where we have the carriage house where you taste little tastes of things. And at the wine lounge, think of it more like a exactly what I said, a wine lounge. You go in and you can have a glass of D2. You can have a glass of the AIX in a six ounce, a four ounce, or a flight of three two ounce tastes. And it's just a place to kind of hang and chill, enjoy the wine before you go to dinner, meet mm. some friends, you come off the boat. Um, it's really been a lot of fun. We're open seven days a week. You know, right now our hours are kind of a, a noon to nine o'clock idea. We'll see how it goes. All but right. Happy, after been, happy hour, we're on our way. That's right. And we got the big roll-up doors, so it rolled it up, and it's right on the street in downtown Kirkland, just uh, right across the street from Starbucks. Ah, so cool. It's called Maison de Lille. Correct. Oh, fantastic. And is, are these wines on an enomatic system or? Uh... Well, what we've done there, since we're doing wine by the glass, we don't, we're, you know, we're pouring through what we uh-huh. have pretty much. And then, but we also have the new Corvin. Uh-huh, the Corvin. And, yeah, which is this new uh, wine dispensing tool. I don't know if you've talked about that. I'm sure you know of it. But we're, what's fun about that is we're actually pulling some older wines out of the library 
So we're offering things like, you know, 2008 Harrison Hill, you know, from the Corvan. You know, we even poured the Grand Ciel Cabernet there by the glass. It's 50 bucks for a six-ounce pour, but... You want a really good glass of wine, this is a place to come. And that is a very good glass of wine. I know the Grand Ciel uh, has, has got some great recognition. Uh, is, so how many wines are now in your portfolio? Probably usually about 11. You know, some wines we make just for our wine club. We've got a pretty strong wine club, and that's another fun place where when Chris experiments and makes something new and we make about 100 cases, it kind of goes just to wine club. So that's a great benefit for being a wine club member. Um, you know, they're probably our most passionate fans that we have. They, of course, they get a discount when they order other wines and things like that. But um, we, we're always making something new. we got a new Malbec coming out this oh, fall. Oh, wow. That'll just go to wine club. You know, we have our Metier, which is part of the Doyen, which is a Grenache Syrah Mavedra blend. So there's, there's some little things. You know, if people go out and explore a little bit and go visit wineries, they typically always have one or two something special behind the counter or something different that you probably have never heard about or seen, and they don't necessarily make it every year. Well, one of the wines that I remember is, was it a Four Flags Cabernet Sauvignon or Cabernet an, One or something? Yeah, the Four Flags, it started out as a wine club wine, was so popular we made it now into its own label. So it is called Four Flags, and it's our four favorite vineyards on Red Mountain, of course, being the Grand Ciel, ah. the uh, Ciel de Cheval, the Clipson, and our winemaker Chris Upchurch has his own vineyard, the Upchurch Vineyard, so that's in the blend as well. Oh, this is really exciting. And, of course, you've got that great property in Woodville, which is open for events and weddings. And I know I've DJed, DJed there a couple times for some, <laughs> some really fun nights. Yeah, the Chateau is, um, you know, that's kind of our premier property. And so many people ask, you know, how come we don't have our tasting room there? And, unfortunately, it is so popular as a private event facility. It's... Um, it, it's an, it's an it's another business model, but it is uh it's a extremely successful in that way. And so and that was one of the reasons when we opened up our carriage house tasting room about five, six years ago is we wanted to be one of those smaller cult wineries of Washington that people can actually go to and access. And I think that's been a great uh, a great benefit for our, our customers and fans. Well, DeLille Sellers, uh, and I'm speaking with Greg Lill of DeLille Sellers, a fantastic business model, uh, great customer service, your packaging, your profile, uh, and of course the wine is truly stellar. And uh, we've been around Washington a lot, and uh, I can say that uh, wholeheartedly and honestly and uh, I've already got the wine on my glass, so I don't need the brown nosey here. <laughs> this is great. Hey, uh, coming up on the show, I've got Joey Hiyashi, uh, the man behind the master of mixes, and Bob Blue, the winemaker of Bonterra.com, uh, the pioneers of organic winemaking in California. We'll be right back with Greg Lill, and I'll jump into these wines here on Happy Hour Radio. Hi, this is Keith Robbins from Teeny Biggs and Hula Hula. You're listening to Happy Hour Radio on 570 KBI. Lars Larson has the real story. Weekdays, 6 to 9 p.m., only on Talk Radio 570 KBI. Time for another round. You're listening to Seattle's most spirited hour of talk, Happy Hour Radio, sponsored by Woodenville Wine Country, part of the KBI Want to Know Weekends. Here is Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. Hey, and welcome back to Happy Hour Radio here on 570KVI. I am your host, Christopher Chan, and I have the pleasure of uh, well having a couple glasses of wine, as always, on Happy Hour Radio. Uh, coming up on the show, i got Joe Hiyashi of Master of Mixes and Bob Blue of Bonterra Wines from California. But uh, Greg Lill from DeLille Cellars, tell me about this 2011 D2. 
Well, D2 is probably our most popular wine. It's the one that the people people know the most. And and as I mentioned earlier, this wine is is made literally like its big brother, the Schlur Estate, which is twice the price, around $75 a bottle. This is only 40 And it is a blend of mostly Merlot, about 55% Merlot, um, about 35% Cabernet, a little bit of Cabernet Franc, a, petite, a touch of Petit Verdot. Um, but again, it's coming from all those same sources that go into the Schlur Estate. It's just a different blend. Uh, we blend to make that Schlor Estate first, and when we get to that consistent flavor profile that Chris likes, then whatever we have left, we then blend to make the next best wine, and that is the D2. So the D2 can be a little different each year, uh, depending on what Mother Nature gives us in the way of fruit, but it's always a very, very unique wine. People love it because it's a you know, it's a forty dollar wine made like an eighty dollar wine, <laughs> and I'm loving it too. And I, I'm really surprised. Uh, I, obviously, I've had this in my glass for not just a week, but uh, <laughs> about an hour. The 2011, uh, we know that as being a well, a, a game changing vintage for many of Washington. Um, and the acidity here is is very bright, but not overly bright. It's nice and ripe, uh, good tannin, very approachable, great mouthfeel. And congratulations, because 2011 could be really, really wound up, but this wine has opened up beautifully. Oh, thank you. And that's really a testament to Red Mountain. We get a, the majority of our Cabernet and our, our, our Red uh, Bordeaux varieties from Red Mountain. It's probably the warmest place in eastern, eastern Washington to be growing grapes. And so it really allows you to, even in a what we call a cooler vintage, um, which really, when you talk about a cooler vintage, we're talking about one to two degrees a day cooler than normal, which hmm. you know you, doesn't sound like a lot, but it makes a big difference in uh, in fruit and in grapes. And again, everything we have is hand picked. It's it's you know thinned out to the right percentages. So even when we have that cooler year, we can still make these these big ripe vintages that wouldn't be what you would consider a cool vintage wine. Um, even though I, I know what you're saying with there, there's a little more structure in these wines, and really all that means is that they're going to be that much better when they get yeah, older. Yeah, they, they'll be, they'll be long-lived. And the other wine you have is the 2010 AIX or X wine from the Doyen uh, portfolio, or what do we call it, a side or a brand? Or? It's just a, another another brand. You know, It just kind of our, signifies our Rhone-style wines. Uh, again, this is a blend of about 65 Syrah and about 35% Cabernet. Um, again, just trying to make that great, approachable, good red wine. Again, right in that you know thirty-eight dollar price point, I think, on the Doyen AIX. Uh, also a top one hundred wine, like the D two was. Um, and again, this is a wine we make more of. You'll see this wine as a glass pour in some of the restaurants around town because they want to offer something special. Yes. And we try to really, we really try to take care of the local restaurant community. We send very little of our wine out of state to distributors. The vast majority is just bought by consumers that come by our, our tasting room or the chateau. And then we really try to make sure we take care of the local restaurants around here that have really been great supporter, supporters of ours for so long. That's great. Um, and I know that when I was at the Rainer Club, we uh, had a great library. We did some events there. And I understand you were there most re- recently as well. About a month ago, yeah. Yeah, very yeah. cool. Well, happy for that. Uh, for those of you who want to get in on some of this great wine, the fantastic wines of DeLille Cellars, go to DeLilleCellars.com or visit the Maison DeLille in Kirkland and the Carriage House Tasting Room in Woodinville. Or if you want to get hooked up or hitched up, you can go plan your wedding at uh, the Chateau up there on the hill. Um, Greg Lill, fantastic to have you. Congratulations on on a great success story, which uh, should be the blueprint. Well, we don't create too much competition for you, but uh, we would like all of Washington wines to be as stellar as DeLille Cellars. Well, thanks so much for having me on, and thank you to all the great customers out there listening. 
Ah, uh, so fun. I uh, can't wait to finish these glasses of wine. But uh, right now it's time to speak with uh, a friend from Master of Mixes. Let's learn about what goes into, uh, well, how would he be the best barman or cocktailer? And Joey Hiyashi, welcome to Happy Hour. Thanks, Christopher. It's glad to be part of your program. Well, uh, I've always been a fan of Master of Mixes. Uh, obviously, you you have been in the business uh, this this beautiful company has been in the business a long time, and you've helped a lot of people become great bartenders. Uh, I understand we have uh, one of the experts from Louisville on the phone? Yes, uh, from our marketing department, Kim Bianchini. Hey, Kim, welcome to Happy Hour. Thanks, great to be here. Well, uh, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm a big Bloody Mary fan, and we've got uh, the classic, the new chef-inspired uh, Bloody Mary mixes. Tell me about these. Yeah, so we are really excited to be launching three new Bloody Mary mixes under Master Mixes. And I think we're one of the first companies to ever use a chef to help us recreate our formulas and launch a new product. So we are working side by side in a collaboration with Chef Anthony Lamas. He's a nationally renowned chef. He's been all over uh, the Food Network with winning Iron Chef and Cooking with Bobby Flay. And he helped us cook three chef-inspired Bloody Mary mixes that are a bold flavor adventure that really take that farm-to-table concept and help us create a farm-to-table Bloody Mary in a shelf-stable way. So we have three Bloody Marys, they're classic, five-pepper and loaded, and I think you guys are going to taste them, right? Yes, I've got uh, the three bottles here. Joey's brought the uh, the classic Bloody Mary mix, then we have the the loaded Bloody Mary mix, and we'll finish off with the spicy pepper, which is always one of my favorite. Can't get enough heat sometimes. No, and this that one's really spicy. Okay, well let's let's I'll tell warm you a up a little bit of how we make our uh, Bloody Mary mixes. Is as a company, um, we're probably one of the only cocktail mix companies out there that believe in using as much fresh fruit as we possibly can in all the mixes we have on the market. So our Bloody Mary mixes are all made with ninety six percent fresh tomato, and those are Roma Tomato Californias, not just any tomatoes. Wow. And the rest of it for each different skew, you'll find how we make them the different flavors. Okay, so I've got the traditional, and that means Worcestershire sauce, a little onion, a little garlic, some celery, uh, and tomato, right? Would that be the traditional? Lime, well, lemon yeah, and lime? that's pretty traditional. Ours is a sort of light and tangy blend that's really celery-forward. Um, so it's based on the original Bloody Mary recipe. You've got um, gray Roma tomato, you've got cayenne pepper, and we use lemon juice, fresh lemon juice. So there's no added sweeteners and no added uh, high fructose corn syrup or sugar of any sort in this product. So they're actually gluten-free, and they're all fresh spices and vegetables that you can find in there. Well, you don't pack them with calories either, so it's all natural. This this could count as a vegetable serving under the USDA guidelines. Absolutely. I think it's about 25 calories for three ounces, so it's a, it's a great thing to drink with or without the vodka. Mm-hmm. Well, I was just telling Joey earlier that I actually enjoy my Bloody Marys with rum. I have rum Marys. Oh, yeah. that's a great twist. We'll have to tell our friends in Puerto Rico that. Yes, we should. I want to I wanna be on that line, too. Um, so I've got one called Loaded. This looks fantastic. First of all, let me talk about, i got to taste the, the traditional one. Yes, taste the traditional one, because what you're going to find there is a refreshing twist on sort of our traditional Bloody Mary, but it's got strong, bold flavors that really will stand up to the vodka and allowing that tomato and sharp, savory spice notes to really pop through. Yeah, it, yeah you're right, because it's got good acidity. I know tomatoes naturally have acidity, but this is really bright and fresh. The lemon and the celery really pop on this. Um, I'm impressed. I, I really am. Um, I, 
You know, can't be bought. This is way too tasty. So uh, I can't wait. What day is today? Saturday. It's happy hour. We need to be bringing in some. You didn't bring any vodka or rum, Joey. No, I didn't. I I just uh, I wanted to play safe. Okay. Well, um, I appreciate that. But he's leaving the leftovers with you so you can take them home. Oh, sweet. Well, um, this is awesome. Uh, Very flavorful. Everyone should be trying this. And uh, have they reached there? Are they entered in the Seattle market now? Yes, they are. They're... um Probably a, a couple of weeks away from getting all three flavors out there. Cool. Well, um, actually, this has actually got a little heat to it. I'm surprised that the, the traditional is so zesty. This is really fun because I, I don't like weak. You know, I want some flavors. I want something to bring some jazz and, and uh, excitement to the to the beverage, the, my cocktail time. Yeah, we wanted to keep a little bit of spice in our classic. Um, not too much, but just enough to give you that sort of zest of it. Long finish. Okay, next one is uh, Loaded. And, uh, yes, the next one is loaded. And that's actually a brand new skew for us. Um, and this is really um, inspired by everything culinary that you can imagine. And really, you can taste. When you taste this, you're going to get these great, fresh, bright flavors with uh, cucumber, great, great cucumber notes. You're going to have that lemon and lime juice. Um, in this product, you're going to get the fresh horseradish and cracked black pepper. As you taste it, so it's just introducing really layers of flavor by combining the boldness of that horseradish and the savory peppers with the bright garden flavors. Wow. Speaking with Kim Bianconcini here of with Master of Mixes and her partner, Joey Hiyashi, up here in Seattle, uh, tasting Bloody Mary mixes. And I have to say, I just took a sip of the loaded one. It actually has really small bits. It's got it's a little chew to it. There's a little it's so fresh, it's like you blended something in a blender. Exactly. Well, uh, I <laughs> my mouth is watering here on Happy Hour Radio. This is so fun. Hey, I'm coming up on the show. I've got um, Amanda and the winemaker for Bob uh, from Bonterra Wines. Bob Blue's coming up, and when we come back from this break. I'm going to have Kim tell me about the loaded uh, Master Mixes pepper. Uh, was it five pepper? Six peppers. Yes, five Ten, pepper. peppers. Five peppers. Five you can get. All right. Well, um, and also I want to know what the secrets to, to service, how long we should keep these, and uh, what really makes that perfect Master of Mix cocktail here on Happy Hour Radio. We'll be right back. Country is Seattle's big backyard, and spring is the time to enjoy it. With over 100 wineries and tasting rooms, plus microbreweries, distilleries, and dining, Woodenville has a taste for everyone. Go to WoodenvilleWineCountry.com for details on events, tastings, releases, and more. Hi, I'm David LeClaire with Seattle and Court, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan on 570 KBI. The Commute with Carlson, weekdays 5 to 9, only in Seattle on Talk Radio 570 KVI. You're in the know with KVI Want to Know Weekends. Here's more Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. That's right, it's Happy Hour in the Pacific Northwest, and welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. I'm on the line with, uh, well, one of the marketing geniuses at the Master of Mixes Company, 26 year old company that's been bringing fantastic flavors to your bar, uh, to a local bar near you, perhaps in your dining room or kitchen. And Joe Hiyashi is our local rep who has uh, helped provide three fantastic samples of their brand new Bloody Mary mix. Um, we've got the classic, we've got the loaded, and we've got the five pepper. And Kim, what's the website if we want to go find some great recipes and learn more how to be that expert master mixologist? 
So it's www.boldflavoradventure.com. Boldflavoradventure.com. Well, they have to visit that. Very cool. Exactly, and there's food recipes and Bloody Mary recipes. Mm, well, this is definitely a food. I, like I mentioned earlier in the last segment that these are very fresh, uh, great balance of flavor. They are zesty and bold, and um, I'm really excited to taste this next version. Your uh, The five pepper, tell me about this. Yeah, the five pepper, it's uh, what we believe is definitely the spiciest Bloody Mary on the shelf. Uh, it's a seriously spicy blend of savory peppers. Um, it took, turned this mixer into a, a bold and fiery flavor adventure. Wow. So you've got all different peppers in there, jalapenos, anchos, black and red pepper, cayenne, uh, habaneros, and you can taste them. But the great thing about them is that uh, when you add the vodka or the rum or the tequila, it's, uh, it's not too much. They really balance each other out, and you get just enough spice that's there for the drink, and then it goes away. Mm, they have a long finish. This is like a, a great wine. A, a great cocktail should have good balance. You've got acidity. You've got um, just the right amount of heat, but also very complex. I'm very impressed. Um, I'm overwhelmed, actually, because my mouth is watering. I can barely <laughs> mm. So uh, what's your favorite Bloody Mary, Kim? Which one do you like to use? Enjoy. So I like to, to make a combination, actually, the loaded and the five pepper together. So I like that heat, but also that fresh garden flavor in my Bloody Mary. Ah, well, you know what? These are very fresh. And uh, what would these run retail? They'll run about uh, under $5 for the liter size and around uh, 7 to $8 for the 1.75. <laughs> for the big party, for, for the, the weekend absolutely. size. Yes, well, we had a great Memorial Day weekend. I was actually enjoying a few rum marys on the plane when I was heading down to Vegas, and uh, that was a while oh, I ago. I was in Vegas, too. We could have met there. Oh, right. Where'd you stay? I stayed at Bellagio. I was at the Four Seasons. Oh, that's a lovely place, too. Well, Kim, we a wedding. Kim and Joey, thanks so much for sharing these fantastic Master of Mixes, the Bloody Mary Mix. And how many other flavors do you have in the whole line? Yeah, in the whole line, um, we have about, I don't know the exact number on the top of my head, but over 20 flavors. And I will just let you guys know that one of the reasons that we really stand out from the crowd is that we use fresh fruit from the, real, the world's premier growing regions for all of our products. So you're going to find Alfonso mangoes from India in our mango mixes. And you're going to find Camarosa and California strawberries in our strawberry mix. It's just the quality is in everything we do. Well, it's uh, I'm impressed. It certainly is very flavorable, uh, flavorful, <laughs> flavor blue. Wow, it's, there's nothing in these, are they? I think I've still. Uh, uh, these are like a great, a great non-cocktail because this is so much flavor that I love it. Well, uh, master mixes, and again, the website is what www.boldflavoradventure.com. Wow, fantastic. Thanks for sharing. I can't wait to try these with a little extra kick when I get home. Kim Biancancini of Master Mixes, thanks for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. Thank you. Joey Hayashi, thank you for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. I appreciate you bringing these samples of uh, Master Mixes, Bloody Mary Mixes. Oh, thanks, Christopher. Enjoy these samples. Awesome. Well, um, perhaps I need a little something to refresh my palate here. Well, Amanda DeSico, welcome to Happy Hour. Thanks, Christopher. Glad to be here. So you're with Bonterra Wines out of California, better uh, known as the Mendocino area of California. Yep. And uh, we have the pleasure of welcoming uh, the founding winemaker, Mr. Bob Blue. Hi, Wel Christopher. Welcome to Happy Hour. Welcome to Seattle. Thank you. Is it sunny down there on this beautiful Saturday? It is very sunny, a little windy, but it's sunny. Ah, excellent. So uh, Bonterra, best known uh, as one of my 
go-to wines for the the organic push. And and tell me before we get to the Bonterra part, tell me about your history and how you got into wine. Well, you know, I grew up in a family of teetotalers, so wine was never in the mix. But um, when I was 18, I decided to join the army, and I had the good fortune of being stationed in Nuremberg, Germany. And so, you know, whenever you travel, go to a different place, you know, you get to kind of experience the culture and the food and the wine. And so uh, that's where I discovered wines. And little ski trips down to Austria, we'd be drinking uh, German Riesling. So that's how I got my start and in terms of liking wine. And then when I got out of the service, um, I started college thinking about dentistry, actually. And then I saw something on PBS television, a show about UC Davis, and I just couldn't believe that you know, you could actually have a career in winemaking. So <laughs> I never looked back. I got right into it and uh, and uh, matched sort of a passion of science and, and, and wine with uh, living in, you know, in the wine country. In the wine country. And it comes down to lifestyle because you get the best of both worlds, the academic part, uh, and, of course, the commercial, the business operator, because you have to do good quality product. And I'm sure you're getting out and about to, to meet some markets. Is that right? Yeah, I get out. Yes, I get out. I get all over the United States, actually internationally as well. So I've been to Sweden and Japan and in the U.K., so definitely get out there. Well, uh, I'm excited to have you on. Uh, where did you start? Where was your first uh, internship or your first winery before Bonterra, or was it Bonterra? It, it, no, it was uh, McDowell Valley Vineyards, which isn't far from my home, you know, in, where I grew up in Lake County, which is, um, but McDowell is in Mendocino County, just over the mountains, and so... That was my first crush, 1982. <laughs> I think I had a first crush about then, too. I kind of remember her name, Sarah, <laughs> I think. <laughs> well, I'm um, speaking with Bob Blue, the founding winemaker of Bonterra Vineyards down in Mendocino. And uh, Amanda's here in studio, and Amanda's brought some great wine. So tell me about the Sauvignon Blanc, uh, which is I, I noticed was uh, screw, cop, screw Top Stelvin, right? Yeah, it uh, is in the Stelvin right. package. Um, well, you know, um, we started making it in 2007, and, and the style that was really going at that moment in time were sort of the New Zealand styles, and we really liked those wines. And so um, we hadn't seen much of them done in California, so we really decided to do this, um, you know, all stainless steel fermentation and really protect the juice and the grapes from oxidation and really bring out the, this nice sort of grapefruit and kiwi and kind of the green components of the wine. So um, that's how we approach the winemaking, and uh, it's coming, the grapes are coming from Lake County and Mendocino County, which is about a 25-mile radius is where we, we draw, you know, the grapes from. And so it's a really clean, fresh um, style. It is in New Zealand. We thank New Zealand for that. I mean, that's that's given us this approachable style, and it's nice to have something a little closer. We can we can keep that money in the country. <laughs> that's but, right. Yeah, that's right. And it's such a you know, it's a way to really capture the essence of Sauvignon Blanc. You know, that really, you know, um, in our area, we really get sort of this really nice fresh grapefruit, um, a little bit of lemon, really some nice nice qualities. That it's a great. You know, it's a great wine to start any any evening with, that's for sure. And how has the organic farming um, helped provide the style of fruit or the style of, of winemaking? Is it complemented? Well, I think I think the big thing for me, you know, I always we started doing organic agriculture in 1987, and I started in 1988, and we made our first wines in 1990. And I think, you know, you take inspiration for many different things. You have, the, of course, the vineyards that you work with, but... 
Also, um, I always thought of organic and always associated with farmer's market. Things mm. are very fresh. Yeah. And so in terms of white wine making, I always felt that it was important to show that aspect of the grape, you know, to show the sort of farm fresh, if you will, um, not so heavy-handed with the with the winemaker's imprint, even with the Chardonnay, it's that way. Really, really let the acidity and the freshness come through in the wines. Well, they are very fresh. I just took a sip of the Chardonnay, and this is very polished. I'm, I'm really, very pleasantly, not surprised, but just, mm, I'm, I'm smiling right now. Can you see my smile? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You know. I mean, this is a really good example of that. And I think, you know, we the one of the first wines we made was Chardonnay, and um, Cabernet was the other one. And, you know, while there is some barrel fermentation, some oak in the wine, and, uh, you know, you have some creaminess, really, the, I really love it when the lemon and the apple come through in the wine. And so while they're there as complementary, not dominant in the wine. So that's, that's what we mean by sort of farm fresh. Let the let the fruit come through. Well, I, I appreciate that because it's easy to find uh, um, some heavy-handed oak wines, oak whites, a little further south, right? Or is it north? <laughs> Absolutely, a little further south. Yeah, well, well, we're kind of at the end of the road in California. We're, we're really on the edge in terms of um, grape growing. But, yeah, to the south, um, kind of that heavier hand style. And that's why we really wanted to show, you know, Chardonnay has a citrus characteristic and these, you know, sort of apple, baked apple, and it's nice to let that come through. Well, it is a delicious wine, and if you'd like to find some of these wines, we're going to jump on these red wines when we come back from this break. But I'm here with Rob, uh, excuse me, Bob Blue, the founding winemaker of Bonterra, and Amanda DeCiso. Seco. Why is that tough for me? <laughs> Must be those Bloody Marys we had earlier. <laughs> Here on Happy Hour Radio, um, when we come back, we've got the Merlot and I've got the Cab from Bonterre. We'll, we'll talk about uh, what makes those wines so delicious. And uh, if you have any questions, don't be afraid to send us an email to ask at happyhourradio.net. And we'll be right back. Hi, this is Dennis Cakebread with Cakebread Sellers. You're listening to Happy Hour Radio on 570 KVI. Lars Larson has the real story. Weekdays, 6 to 9 p.m., only on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Talk Radio 570 KVI Want to Know Weekends continue. Now, back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. That's right. It's Happy Hour here in the Pacific Northwest, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. I've got founding winemaker for Bonterra Vineyards down in Mendocino, California, Mr. Bob Blue on the line. We're just enjoying two of his whites, the Sauvignon Blanc and the Chardonnay, both light, pretty, um, well-balanced, and I'm excited about these reds. So, Bob, uh, I have a Merlot here. Tell me about the fruit sources. Well, it's coming from Mendocino County, which, you know, if you travel down this way, it's about two-hour drive north of San Francisco, so kind of a small viticultural area, and we it's very rugged, mountainous, uh, probably 25 miles from the ocean, so impacted by the cold Pacific, um, but then every day battles it out with uh, kind of the desert continental climate, so kind of a hot and cold place, um, and so we have a couple vineyards called uh, McNabb Ranch, Los Cerros, Cooper Ranch, these are these are the sources for the 
Merlot. How long does it take to become certified organic? And, and your wines, I noticed, are made with organic grapes, so that allows you to have uh, add some sulfites to, to preserve the freshness and the longevity of the wines on the shelf. But how long does it take to get uh, certified? So if you have an existing vineyard and you're interested in, in becoming organic, it takes three years to get the certification, you know, to have the kind of look at your property and, and go through the whole process. All right, and I, you know, tasting this Merlot, it's very smooth. But I see you have some dark fruit notes in this. Is, do you have a? Do you blend some some other grapes in this wine? Yeah, we like to always blend with a little bit of Syrah and some Petite Syrah. There's mm-hmm. a little bit of Carignan in there as well. So it's eighty four percent Merlot, and then and then little bits of these other varieties, and they add some color, some some texture, kind of mix up the the. There's, you know, tannins and the makeup of the wine, so it yeah. gives you a nice metal palate. And the tannins are very smooth, but um, is the Cabernet a much bigger wine? I'm going to take a sip. You can tell me about it. Okay. Yeah, the Cabernet is a little bit bigger wine. It's it's always, you know, Cabs are always a little more brutish than the Merlot, part of the Bordeaux family. Um, also coming from Mendocino, a little bit from Lake County, our neighboring county, but mostly from Mendocino and sort of mountainside vineyards, you know, off of the valley floor, Um Definitely, um, you know, a, a nice kind of black fruit, and you'll notice the the, the, the is just a little bit more. That's typical of Cabernet, and the reason you age it a little bit longer. Mm, it is delicious, and it's a nice way to finish uh, these wines. So, Amanda, what do these retail for locally at uh, the KFC, Fred Meyer, Safeway stores? Right? Yeah, um, the whites are about ten ninety nine, eleven ninety nine, and then the reds are thirteen ninety nine, fourteen ninety nine. These are great values. And are they all stealth and they all screw top? Easy uh, access, I like to say. <laughs> Just the whites. Just the whites. <laughs> hmm, okay, don't forget your uh, corkscrew on the reds. And, and Bob, do you, uh, what's the big production? I mean, how much production do you have for the total Bonterra line? Well, we've, we started out in 1993 with about 10,000 cases. Now we're at 350,000 cases. So we've grown and we're the leaders in, and really the pioneers and leaders in organic agriculture and um, we've brought along about 25 different growers that we've been with for a long time and developed our own vineyard. So it's been an amazing, amazing journey. Great success. Well, uh, congratulations. I like the fact that you've been able to uh, get that business plan to improve but maintain the prices to be uh, everyday enjoyable wines. And they are very enjoyable. So Bob Blue, winemaker for Bonterra. You can check them out at bonterra.com. Thank you for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. And Amanda DeSico, thank you for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. I'm, I'm pleased that we had a nice variety of wines. We got the two whites, we got the two reds, and uh, like I said, we can but we find them at Fred Meyer, Fred Meyer, QFC, Safeway, Albertsons. Yeah. So thanks for having us. Yes, we appreciate we, it. We appreciate our friends at Young's Columbia um, uh, joining us for these opportunities. And uh, Joey Hiyashi, uh, the master of mixes, wonderful, really good stuff. And those are available at uh, the same stores. Um, not QFC at this point, but uh, well, they're missing out. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Great, great stuff. Mastermixes dot com. We're actually the the bold world of flavor adventure. Yes. Yes. Www dot. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, thanks so much for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. Hey, coming up next week, uh, I've got uh, some very, very fun people coming up. I've got the master of master sommelier Eric Entrekin and the wines of Provence. I've got Wes Henderson, the best wine in the world, Angels Envy. And then I've got an old friend of mine, Doug McRae, who is one of Washington's wine pioneers. Uh, he has a new venture called Salita Wines. I think he's doing some Sangiovese, some Tempranillo, and we'll find out that's next week. 
Hey, out and about this week, we've got uh, the guest chef spectacular. Thursday, June 5th at the Showbox. That's at fairstart.org. They uh, great benefit to help people get in the service industry. Also have Sip Fest out in Issaquah for all my East Side friends. Friday, June 6th out at Pickering Barn. You can join us at uh, that event, 630 to 9.30, encompassnorthwest.org is a benefit. And finally, if you haven't made your plans, this is probably the last call to get your tickets and your wine, uh, wine reservations for the World of Syrah out in Walla Walla Wine Valley. Uh, celebrate the World of Syrah June 19th through 21st. Tickets available at wallawallawine.com. Thanks to my friend uh, Bob Blue at Bonterra, Amanda DeSico, and uh, uh, Joey Hiyashi, and uh, Kim Hey, remember, life is always better with a designated driver. I'll see you next week. Cheers.